Knowledge is the fuel that powers intelligent buying and selling. So get a quick recharge with me, Ron Edwards, Master Sommelier and Director of Wine Education for Winebow, Fine Wine, and Spirits. Welcome to WineSpark. Today we're going to talk about a very important topic to viticulture and winemaking, biodynamics. It's sort of a cousin to organics. It's part of the discussion of sustainability. It's part of the discussion of what can we do without interfering with nature too much. And it's kind of a buzz topic when we talk about it. It's becoming ever increasingly popular across the world. It started in the 1920s when Rudolf Steiner, a philosopher and educator in Austria, came up with this idea of biodynamics, that you create a holistic, fully sustainable farm where all things in the farm work together to replenish nature inside your property so that you have an ever sustainable cycle of production and degradation. Now, how he came up with all that is kind of a mix of what was already going on in humus farming or organic farming, and a little bit more delving into how the cosmos interacts with you as a person and with your land. And what really separates this conversation from organics is that part that he brings in as a philosopher looking at the celestial bodies, the sun, the moon, the stars, and how they bring energy into nature and how that energy is translated through all living things. That's where it starts to diverge. That's where it starts to sound a little wonky to a lot of people's ears. And in fact, that's where it started to sound a little like witchcraft to the Nazis as they took over Germany, where a lot of his followers were after his death, and they banned all his books. And uh, so it went underground. And a lot of the preparations that used to be known by an herb became known by a number so that you could say them out loud without sounding like you were going to get banned as well. So it's a very interesting beginning to this philosophy, which isn't that far off of organics. But anyway, let's talk about how it gets into the world at large real briefly. And then we're going to talk about what's commonly done and some of the terms that you need to know. The first prominent viticulture effort in France was done by Eugene Meyer in Alsace and then that simultaneously came into California through um, Alan Chadwick, a British man who had been a pupil of Rudolf Steiner as a child and he brought this idea of biodynamics to California in the 1960s while it was emerging in France. And then in the 1980s it became a much bigger deal and it became a much bigger deal through the influence of Jean-Pierre Frick of Domaine Pierre Frick in Alsace as he converted as early as 1981. And then some really well-known properties made it even um, more relevant with the 1984 conversion of uh, Coulis de Saron uh, of Nicolas Jolie's winery in the Loire Valley, followed by Domaine Huet in 1990. And then Domaine Loire, uh, the famous Burgundy house, as well as Domaine Le Fleuve converting to biodynamics in the 1990s as well. This really started to put it on the world stage because when you start talking about people as great as these producers, other people start to pay attention. It moves to the world stage because you look at great wineries like that that are employing these methods and you as a winery want to try it as well. And it has now proliferated throughout all viticulture just about everywhere. Its proponents are super passionate. It's sometimes difficult to understand. I'm only going to scratch the surface here, but we're going to do our best to give you some talking points. Let's start with its principles and aims. I'm going to reiterate a couple of things here that I said earlier, but biodynamic viticulture 
views nature as an interconnected whole endowed with rhythm. And that rhythm or energy needs to be harnessed and used to its maximum. It involves climate, the wildlife, both above and below ground microbiology, and the cosmos, the sun, the moon, and other astronomical influences. And biodynamic viticulture seeks to harmonize all of these factors within a holistic living ecosystem that is kind of closed on itself. The three building blocks of biodynamic viticulture are to first to create organic matter via soil humus. Very similar to organic farming right there. So the soil within the soil. And then to treat each vineyard as a living self-sustaining organism. And then to use the biodynamic treatments according to the celestial calendar to assist the creation of great humus and to assist the, the vineyard as a living self-sustaining organism. And so the biodynamic calendar gets a lot of attention, but so let's just boil it down to this. Their belief system is that the cosmos, the sun, the moon, and the stars beyond it, have an effect on the four essential elements of nature, elements in quotations, because the elements of nature, according to this philosophy, are earth, air, water, and fire. And these four forces also affect four parts of the plants, the roots, the flowers, the leaves, and the fruits and the seeds. So this isn't that crazy to think about if you just apply it to the principle that we already know the moon has a giant effect on water on planet Earth. Okay, so sometimes it's pulling water towards it and sometimes it's pulling water into the Earth. Well, if you apply that to the plant, that means sometimes water is being pulled towards the roots and sometimes water is being pulled towards the leaves. So there are certain things you would do in the vineyard that you would want to do when the roots are at their peak with water there and some things you'd want to do when water's up in the leaves. Like you wouldn't want to prune when the water's being pulled up to the leaf. Things like that. So there's a there's quadrants and you have a quadrant of the phases of the moon would be a flower day, one would be a fruit day, one would be a root day, and one would be a leaf day. After that the super crazy stuff to talk about are these biodynamic preparations. They have numbers as again to make them sort of code so they didn't sound like witchcraft in Europe. But these preparations are there to harness cosmic and natural energy and make primarily better compost. And then also there's some healing agents in here as well. So the first thing is to create horn manure. That's 500. That's your base thing. Now you take fresh cow manure, you put it into a cow horn, you bury it in the earth over the winter, you take it out, and then that final product of pure humus is then mixed into your compost to make it even better. 501 is powdered quartz, and it's actually applied to the vines. 502 is yarrow, and it's applied to compost piles. 503 is chamomile, or chamomile, that's applied to compost piles. 504 is stinging nettle, which is mostly applied to compost piles. 505 is English oak bark, applied to compost piles. 506 is dandelion, applied to compost piles. 507 is valerian, applied to compost piles. And finally, there's 508, which is horsetail herb. And that is applied to the soils in the vineyard itself, and it's a fungal preventative. All of these are in minute quantities, really. So like these preparations, you're talking about very small amounts. In addition to following the lunar calendar and working with these preparations, biodynamic farms will classically use cover crops, to increase biodiversity, which makes healthier soil and healthier environment. They'll keep animals on the farm. So as they wander around and eat grass, then of course they drop manure and that manure becomes fertilizer and that creates a harmony in the environment. 
and they want to have their own source of water on the property because of course they want everything to be as close to uh, original as, pro as possible. My hope is that through this little introduction to biodynamics, you feel a little more comfortable with what it really is trying to get across, what it's trying to help you understand, and at least take this away from the concept of biodynamics. Anyone willing to go through the level of detail and attention needed to run a biodynamic vineyard is going to grow better grapes, just purely from the attention to detail. And without a doubt, these practices are more healthy for the soil and the plants and the land and the people working the farm because they're avoiding all chemicals. But it is a lot more work. It's far more labor intensive to grow grapes biodynamically. I want to thank TJ Griffin, our corporate wine educator, for the research he did on this topic that helped me put this podcast together. Until next time.